Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. All right. I uh, think we were supposed to get going like uh, five minutes ago, maybe. So we're going to go ahead and start now. Um, so this is the uh, children, uh, children's ministry, missions with kids uh, track, and we're on day three. So welcome to all those of you that have been here before. Um, unfortunately, Andrew is sick, so he's not with us this morning. Um, but that's okay. We're going to make it through anyway. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, have a word of prayer and we'll get rolling. Lord God, uh, we do thank you so much for um, children's ministry. Thank you for the blessing it is to us to be part of it um, and just the impact it has on people's lives. Like we heard uh, from Craig uh, week uh, week one on day one of this, um, just a percentage, the intensity um, of people that do get saved as kids and go on to uh, live their lives for you. It's just, it's a, it's a sweet spot, God. It's, um, it's right. The audience uh, that we want to be uh, talking to and sharing with and loving on. And, and so we pray just today that you would um, open our eyes to how we can do that better, how we can um, see things the way you do in your word, Lord, and um, think about our mission in that. In Christ's name. Amen. All right. So uh, we're starting each of these sessions with a little um, glimpse into it's, there's a name for it. Um, just a little picture, a what? Sneak peek, sure. Um, a little ministry model of some of our um, kind of uh, ancillary missions that have to do with kids and missions and how they are living the mission, how we are living the mission um, in ministry with them. So today we've got Ryan and Ashton Loyacono who are going to share with us about um, the kids and missions ministry here at Midtown. Okay. Hi, I'm Ashton. I'm Ryan Loicano. And um, we're obviously here from MBT, but how we got involved in Kid Town, I was in discipleship um, under Natalie Anderson. At that time, she had ASAF. ASAF was like six months old, so I was doing half discipleship, half um, babysitting at the same time. She's like, you'd be great in Kid Town. I was like, okay, cool. Hence, now I'm in Crawlers. That's where I came into the picture. Yeah, and I always kind of had a heart for kids my whole life. And when we got married, I wanted to kind of minister together and serve together. And so she was in Crawlers, and I was like, I want to go serve with my wife. So we got involved in Crawlers, and we'll share a little bit more of what we're doing. <laughs> oh, now I'm on the screen. What's up? Um, so we'll be sharing what we're doing in missions today. Okay, so we're going to go to the next slide. We're obviously going to be talking about kids and missions. Uh, why is it important to involve kids in missions? Well, did you guys hear Dan Renault talk about his daughter and how they were out evangelizing? She gave someone a card and they ended up coming to the service despite all of the things. Well, kids can be involved in missions no matter what is going on, and they're an important part of that. So train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from that. Obviously we don't have 24 seven with these kids, but we do have our Sundays and we have our Tuesdays. And so we want to maximize, um, 
the foundation that we're growing and um, so they can be a part of the missions work. Um, missions, I feel like sometimes kids maybe look at it like it's such a distant thing. It's such a maybe a unicorn concept to them. Like it's something that my parents talk about. It's something that like other people talk about, but they don't really have a hand in it. And that's because we don't expose them to it. So we want to make sure that they know what the mission field is, what missionaries are, how they can be involved, how they can be praying and laying this foundation will help them with their walk later on. Um, so one of the ways that we do that is fifth Sundays. Yeah, so fifth Sundays, every so there's four fifth Sundays in the year and the kid town workers normally have their schedule for the first four Sundays and then fifth Sunday. Uh, it's kind of open. So we've had the opportunity to bring in missionaries from different areas, or I, let me say that differently. When a mission area goes on a mission trip, we can, we pick a mission to come in and share about that missionary, what they did. Um, just fun. Some do we, and then we do some fun activities like snack time crafts for that based on that mission. Um, and then if you see that picture at the very beginning, we just did Vietnam. And so we made hats that had prayer points on the inside of those hats so the kids can be praying for those mission for the missionaries out there and be praying for Vietnam. So that's kind of what fifth town fifth Sunday looks like. Yeah, it's uh such a sweet opportunity for um those that have been on a missions trip. So those that went on to Vietnam, they do like an age appropriate class. So like Jessica Jessica Makona came in here and she taught the kids how to say their name in Vietnamese and it was very cute and adorable while man kit allowed them to make the hats like Ryan was saying earlier. And so they get to see people that are going out to the mission field. It's not a foreign thing to them. Then they get to learn how to be praying specifically. That's one of the points that um, we want to make sure that they know is how can I be praying for Vietnam? How can I be praying for the church plant that's going to Vietnam? Um, so it's a super sweet opportunity that like, those that are going to Vietnam get the opportunity to see how to minister to children, but the kids are also getting the opportunity to learn about missions. Another um, thing that we've been doing is missionary interviews. Yeah, so missionary interviews is a work in progress. So like with, with everything, it's we've got our foot in the door and we slowly start doing it. But it was one of the things that we wanted to get just more interactions with one-on-one -on -one with the kids and missionaries. And then we can share these videos. So basically they're, they're little interviews. So it's like the um, a little podcast, a little 10 minute podcast. So we come in time, did one with um, the Howies and basically asked them questions about what they're doing in um, Romania and how they can be praying for them. And just fun, fun questions that the kids want to hear. Um, and so they feel like they're part of the mission in Romania. And then we're going to be sharing those videos with the kid town classes. That way they can say, oh, look, it's Clementine. I know her. And they can kind of relate and have more kid directed questions um, in these interviews. And we're, we're still working on that. So if you guys ever have a missionary that's in, at MBT, let us know, we'll set up an interview with one of the kids. It was really cool and sweet that the Howies had their daughter here because then Clementine got to see what it looks like for a kid to be legitimately on the mission field. And she got to ask her all kinds of questions. And it was something that um, Clementine built like a personal relationship with them. Um, then she like, she asked her specifically, how can I be praying for you? And so those key takeaway points are so important for these kids to make these personal connections. So they understand, 
um, what the mission field is like, um, again, how they can be praying for them and um, like how they could be involved. That was one of her questions is like, how can we be involved in missions as kids or can we be, can we go? And so, I mean, that's obviously up to her parents, but it was really sweet that she had the intent to go because, um, you know, we want to train, give and go. And like the fact that she had a heart to ask, like, well, can I go? Can I come? Can I be a part? Um, so it's really, really cool to see these kids growing in this area that um, here at Midtown, that is kind of maybe something that has been foreign to them in the past that we're trying to get them used to it. We also have these KidNect. You can see this up here where each classroom has their own family and kid that they're praying for. And that kind of breaks it down for them. They see the picture, they see the updates, they can send them messages or, you know, we can get like, um, like on Zoom and allow them to like have conversations with the kids. So this is a really cool way to have um, personal relationships kids and other kids in the mission setting. So how can your kids be involved in missions or do you guys have things that you do that involve kids in, in the mission field? Can I make a comment just about, um, uh, I think it was two slides ago, we were talking about having missionaries come in, just kind of like give that, um, that talk with, with the students and let them kind of experience it. I think this will maybe kind of close the loop that just with short-term missions, I think a lot of times there's like, okay, I got to prepare, I got to raise money, and then we're going to go, and we're going to help uh, Living Faith Boston with evangelism, and we're going to go out to Florida and build something, either a new church building. And then you can kind of be like emotionally, all right, it's time to shut down. Like, or like, ah, oh, we've done the mission. And I actually think that there's like a third stage of our short-term missions and long-term missions, well, short-term missions, which would be like, you prepare, you go, and then you come back and you gotta like report and share. And it's these opportunities like Kidtown where you can be sharing what you experienced, what you saw, bring back some of that culture with you. And I think if you know that upfront, that that's a part of the missions trip, um, it's a lot easier than kind of having this like emotional like down of like, okay, now I can check out. I'm on the airplane. I can like veg out on the movies. And then it's like you get back and you're like, oh, I'm being asked to like do something else. But it's like if you just kind of know up front that that's like a third stage, a third opportunity of how God can use you in that missions is to like invest in children. Um, I think it's a lot helpful. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Yeah, having a heart, I think. Being in this and like learning, it's really important for those that are presenting to have a heart for kids like where you don't want people that don't have a heart to speak to children. They come in here and they're like trying to just give a bunch of bullet points and do it because they've been asked. Like, it's really sweet. These kids get so much out of learning the culture like Jessica, like she didn't have a bunch of crap. She didn't do a bunch of things. She sat with them and taught them. And it was really, really cool to see. Kids feel connected to the mission opposed to like disconnected. It's like, oh, mom and dad went away or some people went away. It's like, it actually happened. You know, it's really sweet. Does have any questions? Anything before? Guys, <laughs> could we help 
for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so um, Brennan Ashton took that over here in the past year or so. Um, that's been a, a really cool thing to see that kind of take on a new um, emphasis and a new um, you know, structure and bringing some new things, a fresh uh, vision for what that can be. And having it on a regular basis really helps too. So we know, you know about every three months that um, we're going to get to hear from somebody on the mission field and engage that with our kids. So they're not strangers to it. You know, it's not just talking about what well, here's, you know, what the Bible said, but let's, let's actually talk to real people that have done it. Um, and we've gotten both to talk to short-term missionaries who, you know, have been folks from Midtown or, or the Living Faith Churches that have come in and just shared. Um, we've had church planners come in and share how their churches got planted. And we also get to hear from like actual full-time missionaries on the field when they're in town. And it happens to hit the right timing that they can come in and, and share just their life and what God's done through them um, in, in the, the area of their ministry. Um, all right, I'm going to grab some notes. I have a slide person. Oh, we're going to need to, yeah, close out of this and open the other one. Only other one. So, yeah, down at the bottom, just click into that little. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. The second one. Yep. Close. Getting there. Show me which button. Here, hit that little slideshow. This little guy here. Yep. Bam. Now we're rolling. Okay, that's my tech crew. Good job. Talk to you again. All right. So um, we've heard uh, from Craig Warner, um, and we've heard from Andrew Best the last couple of days on some different um, focuses on children and missions and. Um, Go ahead and hit the next one, T. So here we go. So we talked about um, the inward focus, right? And that's on edifying or teaching kids um, about um, the word of God, right? And how they can um, make that personal for themselves and understand it. Then we talked, secondly, Andrew Kim talked to us about evangelizing and telling, right? How can they tell other people about that? How can we help to lead them in that area. So they're being effective in their own lives, right? Um, today, we're gonna to talk about um, equipping, right? Uh, so it's an upward and this is nice because it's three motions inward and outward and upward. And there's probably a, a kid's song that goes with that. Um, but and when you think about upward, it's not that it's like better or you know above the other things. And um, I think about um, something that's, you know, going upward in the upward direction, it's growing, right? And uh, it's really, really neat to see, you know, Mike talk about, you know, it's got the little plants and that growth, you know, in the church plant, thinking about how that's growing upward and how we want our um, our ministry, our children's, children's ministry to be growing as well, right? And so they start as, as little seeds and then those become more uh, complex. Go ahead and hit us. So we've got whoop, one too many. Um, so we've got, you know, it starts as a little seed, right? And then we start to nurture that, grow that, water it, care for it, um, tend to that garden. And then in the end, um, it's planted, it's whoop, growing. And then at the end, it's reproducing. So that's kind of the end goal, right, in the children's ministry, in any ministry. So we can plug in the words children's ministry, but this works for a lot of different things, right? It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it is something special, 
but at the same time, it's a it's a reflection or um, it, it's a parallel to you know church ministry uh, in general. Okay, and as a children's ministry, you know the 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 words in there, children's right. So that's our focus. Our focus is on children. We often talk about children. We've been talking about you know how to um, have an inward focus, how to have an outward uh, focus on equipping kids. And looking at an upward focus, how do you grow a children's ministry or grow um, the effectiveness um, in that? And so today we're going to be talking about the role of adults. And it is pretty um, pretty neat. Uh, Andrew talked about some threads that we've been seeing for the last several days. And, and I caught some of these verses, and I think they're really applicable to where we start, right? So in uh, Deuteronomy uh, 9, sorry, 4.9. And Mike spoke about this and Craig spoke about this too. It says, uh, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. So it's really the, the, the point there is take a look of where, where you're at, right? So take a look at ourselves. If we ever talking about you know, how children's ministry is going to run. We got to start with like, okay, where am I at? How can I be effective? How is God using me before I can teach someone else, right? So where's my heart at um, in children's ministry? Um, and a good parallel I always think of is this uh, in-flight experience. You get, maybe everyone checks out, but you've seen it enough times. But part of that speech, and, and if you've got kids with you, you think about it a little bit more. It's like, hey, if these oxygen masks drop down, First, put it on yourself and then, you know, put it on your kids. So this guy's modeling that right there. But it's kind of the opposite of what we think sometimes. It's like, oh, I got to take care of my kid first, right? Uh, but no, it's like if you're not, if you're not um, healthy, if you're not receiving that oxygen yourself, you're not going to be able to help them, right? So if you're struggling around, fumbling, trying to get theirs on and you pass out, well, then you're both in big trouble. And so we take that approach um, to children's ministry too. It's like, where are we at as teachers, as leaders in that? And if we're not spiritually healthy, then how can we be expected to reproduce that in the kids, right? And then there's another verse, and Andrew used this one, so I wanted to throw it in as well, because it's it, it uh, reinforces this point. Um, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And again, that idea of, of looking to yourselves first, take heed of what's going on in your life, right? Not in a selfish way, but in a way that's um, setting you up to be able to care for your flock, right? Um, you know, a shepherd that's fallen down off a cliff and broken his legs, he's not going to be able to take care of those sheep. So he's got to watch where he's walking, right? Um, and then finally, to um, help you in, in overseeing that thing, Um so good, good application or good quick visualization of that is like we're we're teaching now about um, you know the mission of children's ministry and how to be equipped in it. And um, it's another room's not full of kids. We have one, but he's here by um, association. So I mean, it's really adults. Like we're we're te we have to teach each other quite a bit, right? Um, and it can be easy to overlook that because it's called children's ministry. But we have adults here, right? Um, and that is the thing that we want to um, be the end of our efforts is, is to how we um, are able to invest in kids. But, um, you know, think about in terms of, um, you know, like babies, right? Babies can't feed themselves. I need adults to do that for them. Uh, they can't change themselves. 
Um, we've got, um, yeah, there's a good one. Uh, in Hebrews uh, 5.13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Uh, but strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So there's milk and there's meat, right? And we can't expect, you know, kids to get that meat right away. They've got to have milk. They've got to get taken care of before they can chew the hard things like mints. Um, so it is important that, that um, adults are equipped right? And we see that as kids start to grow, they can start to, you know, be a little more effective in that. Um, you know, toddlers, um, they're going to get a little bit more than babies will, right? They're going to start to learn how to chew those things a little bit, um, but they still need adults in their life. They need um, parents or, or other guardians, right? That's, that's the home application for a church application. They need children's ministry teachers. They need um, people to teach them. So really the question becomes how can we invest in these adults so that they can invest in children, right? And so here we go. This is a verse that um, is going to be one of our key verses today. And this is, you know, it's, it's a good, it kind of covers a lot of ground. We see this and use this a lot, but it's, um, it's super applicable to, to children's ministry. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So, in that context, like, how can we, if we are, you know, looking at it in terms of a global ministry, how can we invest in others so that they can invest in kids or take into a grander scale? Um, you know, how can um, a, a children's ministry leader invest in other leaders so they can invest in other teachers so they can invest in the helpers in their class so they can invest in the kids? So it's just this passing down of training and knowledge and encouragement. Um, and we're going to look at a couple different um, types of adults and how we engage with them. So the first one's going to be our volunteers. Okay, that's uh, that's our folks that are working and teaching. Um, so kind of here's the the overall statement: there, children's ministry volunteers. We're looking at um, invest in equipping onto ownership of the mission. So it's the equipping of those folks. You know, is that 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 kickoff point, right? And the end game being ownership of the mission. Okay, so what's our mission? Follow up question. Not yet, but <laughs> what's our mission in a children's ministry? Right. Well, it's the same mission that we have as Christians. It's the same mission that the church has, right? Matthew twenty-eight, right? Kind of break it down. You go, you teach. You baptize, which is to say you see them get saved, right, and have a walk with the Lord. We just do it for kids. You know, what we want to do is to go to kids, go to the basement usually, go to the where the kids are, teach the kids with the intent that they make a decision to follow the Lord, right, and then get trained up in how to, how to walk and follow the Lord. Well, practically, we can't do this alone. So we need a team, right? There's, there's of course, exceptions to that. We had someone here the, the first day. Um, I don't see her back, but she was um, a missionary in Zambia. And just the way her situation was set up, she was having to travel to a different church every week or multiple times throughout the week. So it's just a fresh set of kids. She might see the same kids twice a year and kind of starting from scratch. So that's kind of the rare outlier. That's not going to be typical of most church plants or churches, right? Uh, the reality is we're going to have multiple um, kids with multiple families 
well, each kid has their own families, but, um, and we're going to have, it's going to take a team to do that. And even if you only had a few kids, um, you're going to want to have multiple people in that ministry for, you know, several reasons, right? You're going to, um, just for accountability, you need to know what's happening, um, what, what's getting taught, lest it get to be, um, uh, outside the, the borders, outside the boundaries, uh, for safety, something bad were to happen. We need a second person there that's responsible and just rest. Like if the same person does it every single week, every single day, every single time, you know, they're going to get burned out real quick and they're not going to get fed themselves. So there's, there's balancing principles to this that we look for a team. And so the reality of it's a team wins. we need volunteers. And so three different stages we're going to look through in the context of equipping our ministry is through these volunteers. And number one is going to be joining, right? So joining um, a children's ministry, right? So what are the reasons, what are the motivators for someone to start in children's ministry? So number one, obligation. So this is what I think about. This image comes to mind, storm cloud. If you guys are from the 80s, you might remember the, the Care Bears. I didn't watch the Care Bears. When I think about someone that's like grumpy, like this guy's like face is like that. No, I don't really want to do this. I don't want to be part of it. So people can and do join children's ministry out of obligation. A lot of times it's like, well, I have kids, so I guess I have to be part of this. Like, I don't really want to, but, you know, I feel like, you know, everyone's making me, I'm grumpy about it, you know. So this is the kind of person you see showing up the Sunday, you know. They're like, yeah, I have to do this again. It's just what a drag on my day. It's going to be no fun. They're going to be crying the whole time. They're going to be pestering me. This is miserable. Okay. Another type of person or another motivator for, for joining would be participation. So they want to do their part. Like they're, they're in a good mood. They want to do the right thing. They want to participate. They see that there is a need. And so they want to do it. They may or may not have kids of their own. We, we, you know, see this sometimes with our younger folks that, you know, our high school, college age folks are like, yeah, you know, I'll help out. No problem. Not a big deal. You know, this guy's like, yeah, everything's good. Peace. Right. Uh, it's just, it's all good. I'll do whatever. I'll say yes to anything. You know, I'm going to do it. Now I don't have to do it. Like I'm not obligated to do it, but I want to do it because, because I'm cool and I'm nice. Right. So that's that share bear. So share bear just like wants to share. You know, they're just cool. He, she, I'm not sure which one, but um, they just want to share. Like they want to be part of things. They want to participate. They want to help. It's all good. Okay. And um, those two are are places to start. But what we're going for is it's not obligation or just participation, but a devotion, right? So that's the third kind is I want to do this. I want to love on these people. I want to love on these little souls because I know that they matter in eternity, right? That's love a lot, Bear, because I guess it just loves things. So that Bear is just like delighted, right, to, to be part of it. Just the love is just swelling up and love a lot, Bear, and they're just ready to burst. And I mean, who do you want to leave your, your kids with? You know, you want to leave them with, with Grumpy Bear or like Freewheeling, whatever goes, participation bear, <laughs> share bear, maybe an oversharing bear, which we don't know. Uh, or someone that's devoted, like this love a lot, it's just going to love your kid, right? And care for him. I pick number three. And that's what we want to aim for. Like we, if people join for those things, great, you know, we'll take it, but we're going to start 
looking at that person and what their motivations are and say, hey, how can we get you from place one, place two into this third category, right, that loves kids, right? So thinking about, um, you know, our, our commandment, our direction in this is, is uh, from John 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, right? And so if we're in children's ministry, this is how we apply that love. Are we, what are we willing to do? You know, if we are going to say we love these kids, if we're joining because we love them, are we willing to lay down our life for them to do, you know, not to necessarily going to take a bullet, but we hope that it means something like throughout our week, throughout our month, like, is, are we giving any time or consideration to what we're preparing? What are we bringing to the kids? And then secondly, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, another word for this intense, pure love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So I'm just making noise. Not, there's no substance behind it, right? It's just, it's things, it's tasks. And we can fall into that. I fall into that sometimes when there's things to do and you have to get them done. But the right way to do it is from a place of love. Right? And that's what we want. We want things to get done because we love them. We want to be ministering to kids because we love them and they're important. Right. And so considering the heart, God's heart for the work. Right. And Mike shared that with us on Thursday morning um, that we got to start with God's heart for the work. If we don't have a heart, if we don't have a love for the people we're supposed to be ministering to. It's going to not go well. It's going to fail. And the people we're trying to minister to are going to see that. And it's going to be completely ineffective. Right. Because we're going to be faking it. So investment is key if we want more than participants in children's ministry. If we want the ministry to grow and to thrive spiritually, if we want it to make eternal difference in the lives of kids. So we want people that want to invest the word of God into the lives of children. We want like-minded partners that care about investing in kids. Um, so whether you're coming at this from the approach of, hey, I'm you know, I want to be a growing leader. I want to be, you know, doing all I can do, or you're just starting out in children's ministry. Like we want you to be like-minded with us. We want the team to be like-minded. Okay. So we can look at uh, Philippians 2, 2, right? Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And then a couple of verses down, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? So we want to be like-minded. What mind is that? Well, it's the mind of Christ, right? Obviously, we want unity to function well um, in our ministry, um, but let's roll on. So what is the mind of Christ concerning kids? You know, Luke 18, 16 says, but Jesus called them, children, unto him and said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. So Jesus gives us a great example here, and we've probably, you know, seen or been exposed to this concept before that Christ specifically addresses his, his love, his, his openness for having kids, right? Kids are just small humans, you know, they, they have souls. And I always got to remind myself, these people, their souls are of equal weight to, if not more, maybe you could, you know, you could argue the point that just the potential they have in their life to minister to the Lord and serve him is greater than, you know, someone that's 40 or 50 or 60, right? If you can, you know, lock that person in at, you know, five years old, 10 years old, like the ability they have to serve the Lord with their life is just that much more um, impactful. Okay, so joining, uh, so stage one, kind of joining, where am I starting from? 
um, where am I heading? Kind of understanding what's the goal. Well, the goal is to um, to minister in love. So how am I going to get there? Right. So growing in children's ministry is kind of the second stage of our volunteers and how we equip and engage with them. So this is um, this is a place for everyone in terms of where you're at in your spiritual um, maturity. Right. There's a place for everyone here. Each person is unique. Um, we, we can, we can consider that in the context of the body, right? We, we, we talk about different members of the body and they're all a little different, you know, and we know that we've got, we've got wonky bodies, right? We've got feet and elbows and arms and mouths and livers and kidneys and all these different things that all have their purpose, which is, you know, a whole side conversation. It's just so amazing to see how God designs people, humans to work. Uh, it, it's just kind of, whenever you're like, thinking about creation. It's just so cool to think about just any one part of your body and how it, how it functions. Right. But they all have different purposes, different, um, different uses. Church body is um, made up of different people for good reasons. We all have different skills, different gifts, right. Different strengths and abilities. And the point is they're designed to minister to other people in the church, right. That's God's gifted us to be able to do that. Not just to be a, uh, you know, an, an end unto ourselves. So uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. So yeah, we're all different. We do different things, but we function together, right? You know, it takes all of us to do things together. So maybe because you're, you know, not so good at singing or dancing, or maybe you're not so good at speaking in front of people, or maybe you're not so good about, you know, making a craft idea, like, you know, just because you're not good at one thing or you're only good at a few things, it doesn't mean you're not qualified or this isn't the place for you. Like we, we work together to, as a whole, you know, invest in the lives of kids. So no one's really disqualified because they're not strong at certain things. Or they might say, well, I'm not good with kids. Well, you might be good at something that has to do with kids. So we'll find something for you to do. Maybe you're great at making videos, you know, that can minister to kids. So anything can, if, if you've got the love for kids in your heart, for ministering to them, there'll be uh, an opportunity for that. So looking at roles and, and opportunities within growing or growth in, in children's ministry and equipping people. So there's going to be different roles to fulfill in a smaller church that might, one person is going to wear a lot of hats, right? You might be, there's only two people doing the whole children's ministry and it's, you know, babies through, you know, fifth grade, you know, hopefully you can start adding to that number a little bit and start to dwindle that down. I know, you know, at Midtown, we started with just like two groups. It was, you know, preschool and under and then kindergarten and up. And so this, there was two groups and uh, we, you know, we were just, you know, shoved and shoved in different little corners of, of the building and moved around. And, but praise God, he began to add to our numbers with more families and more children and more volunteers. And so we're able to, you know, kind of slowly start to whittle that down to where it was mostly we've got just one grade or one year of kids per classroom um, to get a little bit more focused. And so as things grow, you start to have that need to add in layers or levels um, of other people supporting that ministry. So we may, uh, we're going to have, you know, helpers in our classroom. They're just simply there to, um, you know, to learn, but to, you know, the, the practically they're, you know, pouring uh, juice in the cups. They're, you know, getting the crackers out. They're, um, you know, rolling out the rug. They're, you know, doing some basic things like that, or just playing with the kids during the, the playtime, you know, doing puzzles, talking to them no real responsibilities other than to kind of show up and just follow instructions. It's pretty, pretty easy to do to just kind of learn the ropes as it were. There's people that are like assistant teachers that'll do 
you know, supplement the teaching. Hey, I need you to take some kids over here and, and do the memory verse with them. Or I need you to, you know, go talk to, to Johnny in the corner about, you know, his choices and what he could do to make better choices, right? We've got our, our teachers every week in the classroom. So they're going to bring that lesson. They're going to prepare for it, right? They're going to study the word of God. They're going to bring something to, to share that's going to teach the kids what the word of God has to say for them and how they can apply it to their lives, right? Um, we've got um, leaders in our classrooms. Like this is how Midtown's set up and not everyone's going to be exactly like this, but um, there's the potential to have like a leader for every grade level too that's maybe overseeing a small group of people, you know, eight to 12 people that are ministering to that kids in that specific area. Um, there's an opportunity for a leader in that area. Right. So they're going to get uh, some experience with how to to lead others. What can I be doing to kind of help put them in remembrance of the things of the word of God and just working through the practical um, uh, setup of the classroom? You know, what are our physical needs? What are our spiritual needs? What do the kids need prayer for? Right. And assigning someone to to um, to lead that effort. Um, so that's kind of a a vertical alignment or orientation. Um, as I would, would understand it. And then there's kind of a, a horizontal approach too to growing in children's ministry, which is things that are supplemental that affect all those different grades though. So we had Ryan and Ashley come and talk about like our, our kids' missions team, right? So they engage with all the different kids at different ages. They're not necessarily, um, you know, for that purpose, um, focusing on one age group of kids and working with them, you know, the same ones every week, but this is kind of a special team. Right. So there's opportunities to serve that way, too. Um, I talked about, you know, maybe there's someone that loves doing videos, someone that loves doing music. Tegan's been working with the kids on. She wrote some music for um, our mission focused kids and has been teaching music and motions. And um, so that's an area that, you know, someone's good at music can take that little corner and own that. Um, Andrew talked about the prayer plus um, program we do on on Tuesday nights. You guys have probably have a midweek service or, or you may at some point. And just what does that look like? Well, a different group of people might be able to, to minister there through a different set of skills. Maybe it's temporary. Maybe it's just a month at a time. And they come in one month out of the year and they do a, you know, a series on you know, exercise or dance. Or um, we did one on building, you know, with the, the, what building looked like and laying concrete and brick and, and building roofs and things and how that was pictured uh, by the word of God. So in that process, you know, considering... Um, a person that's working their way, you know, through children's ministry or just in it, the um, the goal would be to accept challenges that come your way, you know, and and I think that could kind of apply to anybody in the room, you know, it certainly does for me, you know, the challenges laid out before me of like, hey, I need you to do this thing. I'm like, gosh, I don't know if I want, I want to do that or not, um, but I'm going to pray about it. And if God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. So are they can they accept challenges? And then when they do, can they experience victory in those things? Like, man, I got to go, and, you know, I've never shared the gospel before with a kid. If I could do that, you know, in the corner with a kid and they start asking me questions, and I can give them answers and, you know, maybe they get saved or maybe they just, you know, they um, are, are telling me some personal things that's happening in their life that I can pray for them. That's a positive experience, right? So, man, I maybe I want to do that next time. Maybe I'm not just feel like I'm forced to do it, but I want to go and talk to that kid. Maybe I'll see him around church, walking around. And I can go, you know, engage with him. Hey, how's it going? How's your uncle? You said your uncle was, you know, having a hard time with this thing and, you know, building those relationships. So we've got special teams, um, drama, crafts teams. Um, we've talked in here um, last time or a couple of times ago 
about the need for um, maybe like a para or a special buddy for a certain kid that's, that's struggling and has some special needs, right? Um, LaDonna is working on uh, interpretation ministry. That's another thing. We've realized the need for um, kids to understand what's being taught or being having them be able to communicate if English isn't their first language, if they come in, you know, from another country and they're like, you know, they, they can't really understand what's happening in the classroom. Like, we, can we build a team of people that can come in and help in those special situations? They're on call and say, hey, we've got a visitor. They don't speak this, but we have a network of people who can identify who does, who can come in and help the parents with check-in, who can come and help the kid know what's going to happen in class that day. So it's, it's kind of like responding to, to the needs that you see and that God puts on, on your heart. So um, point is, there's there's room. There's always room for more ministry to happen. And if it's two people running the whole thing, you're going to do a lot of things, but um, you're also going to be somewhat limited. The more folks with diverse skills and abilities you bring in, the more um, full that ministry is going to be. And we want people to be fitly joined. All right. So Ephesians 4, 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So no matter where people are, they might, I mean, it might be a helper is the thing that they're designed to be. And that's okay. If they've, you know, you know, worked through some challenges and, you know, experienced maybe not glowing success, maybe they're just, you know, fit to be that thing. And that's great. We all need people at every position, right? We need people in every one of those roles to make it work. So it's okay. Right? It's okay. As long as they're fitly joined, if they're in the place that they fit and they're designed to fit, then great. Um, we can work with that. Okay, number three or stage three of growing in children's ministry is owning, right? Owning in children's ministry. Not to say that it's like mine, 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 selfish, but to say this, you know, this is my responsibility. I'm taking a personal um, approach to this thing. It's going to be important to me. This is the most important thing I can be doing with my life, you know, and another way we talk about that is what's your main ministry? You know, we wear a lot of hats uh, at Midtown, as I'm sure most of our living faith churches do. Um, and, you know, you might be involved in several different things. Well, what's your main thing? What's the thing that God's really got on your heart? And we pray that it is um, children's ministry. That's the kind of the, the, the end goal for our growth in ministry is to have this be of the number one ministry. Is it worth my time, is it worth my energy throughout the week, right? Is it worth my thoughts and my prayers? Um, if you're on a cleaning team and you're coming to, you know, sweep the floors and clean the toilets, you know, that's great, but it's probably not going to obsess your mind throughout the week. Um, but we pray that, you know, children's ministry does, like you're thinking about the kids, you're thinking about what you can do, thinking about new ways to, to instruct them and to reach out to them. And, um, you know, so many things have been born out of that, you know, like hangouts with kids, Bible studies outside of church, all these kind of extra outside the walls things. <laughs> um, so kind of another touch point on our verse here, right? And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commitment of the faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So this is kind of the point. And now that we have kind of been that person that's been hearing and responding and you know someone's telling us now it's time for us to tell the next person right that's that ownership thing how how can i now tell other people what i've learned what i've experienced what god's brought me through what god's shared with me about um children's ministry i can start to you know um 
passionately um, share those things. Um, so, okay. So, in terms of um, a successful ministry, you know, we looked at that growth process, right? And there's a seed, there's little, you know, seedlings that are growing, plants developing. And then, you know, at the end of that, if everything's going the way it's supposed to, there's going to be a tree that's producing fruit, right? So no different than someone that's coming up through children's ministry. We want them to be fruitful. We want them to be reproducing, right? Just like your garden would be if you were taking care of it. So how do we reproduce this mission focus in children's ministry? Like the mission being to see them hear the word of God, to get saved, to grow in Christ, right? But how can we do that through our, our people? So if you're in this ownership position, what example are you setting? So if you've got the heart for it, you are the example, right? You're the thing that people are looking to. And so you can't kind of be off duty. Well, I'm in charge of some class now. Well, you're still on duty. Like people are still watching. You still need to show and exemplify how do you minister to kids? How do you reach their heart? Keep teaching and love what you're doing. You know, there's seasons that we get down and we get burnt out, right? And it's got to remind yourself that, why am I doing this? Like, it's because I love this kid. Like, what else would I be doing? Like, this is the thing that God's called me to do. And maintaining your joy through those hard seasons. You know, people see that. Um, if they're that grumpy bear and they're coming in and you're grumpy too, like, everyone's just going to be grumpy together. Like, someone's got to be the love a lot bear. And be like, yes, this is so great. We're going to have a good time today and pull everybody else up with them. So, you know, you've got to be that source, right? Um, passing those things on. So identifying who in your life are you investing in? Um, is there, you know, a helper in your class that you are teaching the ropes to? Is there, um, you know, a teacher that you're helping them to form lesson plans? You know, who is it we're discipling? It's an informal discipleship, but it's still discipling. You're training, you're teaching how to do the things that you're doing. Um, that's one of our, our ministry principles at Midtown, right? We're always making disciples, and we want this to be no different. We want this to be a discipleship environment um, where we're coming in focused on, I'm not just doing the thing, but I'm doing it in a way that's explaining and showing other people how to do it so they can follow me and do the thing that I'm doing and verbalizing along the way. Okay, well, Sally wants to do this, so let's, this is how we're going to address Sally. Now, can you go take care of that thing with Sally? Um, so being purposeful and intentional is key in that. It's just not going to happen by itself. Like it's the mindset I'm coming into on a Sunday morning or a, a midweek service, am I coming in with that intent to be training up people alongside me, training that next leader? We talk a lot about who's the next leader in your, your classroom, your area of influence in your ministry. You know, we're not selfish with it. Um, um been working with Andrew a long time. I mean, he's, you know, God has shown me, shown him um, that he has just this love and this gift and this calling for children's ministry. And I don't want to be selfish with anything that I've been able to do, but I want to share those things. I want him to experience all those same things. I want him to grow and to, you know, be better than, than me at it at some point. Um, maybe he already is. Um, so the idea is not to like hold on to it with a death grip, um, but to let other people take part of it, and that might be, might mean stepping back, you know, and taking that second chair for a while, letting someone else teach, letting someone else, like, of course I could, you know, if someone's brand new, 
Uh, of course, I can teach better than they can, but if I want them to learn how to teach, I've got to give them chances to teach, right? I've got to let them have opportunity to do that so they can keep growing. I don't hinder them and hold them back. And then, um, so promoting them and looking for those areas, those strength areas in people, you know, always have your eyes open to what people's skills and strengths are. And then, um, you know, coming up with ways to allow them to use it. Say, man, I saw that you were really into like singing and dancing with the kids. Um, during the worship time, how would, you know, I think you'd be great to do X, Y, Z, you know, lead the kids in this other thing. It's like that. Like you have a, a clear passion for it. You love doing it. You should do, you know, expand that ministry, take it further. Okay. So um, in terms of a vision, can roll back one. Yep. Our vision um, for other people in the ministry, if we're owning it, right. The second Timothy four five, but watch thou in all things endure affliction through the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. So don't be content with just, I mean, be content in life, but don't be content with just where you're at. You know, you want to um, do more, give more, right? You want to make, uh, in this context, the children's ministry, the, the most it can be. And so always looking for ways to expand it and uh, make it more effective um, through, through other people. Um, making space is another thing. I talked about kind of that vertical and horizontal um, alignments in, in ministry and like just you know exploring ways how can i expand it how can we expand vertically well that's going to come with you know more kids and more teachers and things like that as more classrooms build that can happen kind of naturally as a response to the need but this um, horizontal expansion you know making space for other things other silos of ministry to come alongside and keep investing in new ways and multifaceted ways um, there is kind of this um, this other side of it too that's not as regimented but it's more to the heart, speaking to the heart of it, not spending time together. Um, and that comes in a couple forms or several, but a couple types of forms. And that is, you know, more of this kind of organized structured, okay, we need to have meetings. Like we need, meetings are no fun usually, but it's still necessary to get on the same page, right? It's, there's nothing's gonna replace all getting together and talking about what's happening in our ministry, hearing from other people, right? Being inspired, being encouraged. And that can look, you know, several different ways. We like to keep them smaller most of the time. So there's more accountability in those meetings. So people will feel like they need to be a part of it. Um, we have, you know, a leaders group that meets once a month. We've got every team um, is encouraged to meet once a month. And that can be at the church. It can be at someone's home. They have that time to talk about, you know, what lessons are we teaching? Um, what um, crafts are getting done? What's our Bible memory verse? What kids are doing well, which ones need some help, you know, what do we, what's our, um, our focus going to be this next month and having time to that for that, but also having time to just hear from each other. You know, what are you struggling with? What's have, what, what are you having a hard time with as a leader, seeing what our class needs and responding to that, um, from a spiritual standpoint and, and feeding and encouraging one another. Um, there's no, um, I don't know how a ministry can survive without having time together um, as a team. Uh, if you're not working together, you're, it's not working. So nurturing um, the people that you want to nurture others, to nurture those kids. If we're not nurturing them, if we're not loving them and edifying them. I love, I mean, all the, the, the workers we have, all the volunteers we have. It's just, I, I walk around sometimes and I'm just like, I feel so blessed. Like, man, look at all these people that are here because they want to invest the word and yeah maybe i could come in and do that thing a little different but i can't do it you know 
25 times over, like I've got 25 people at any one point in time doing things, engaging with kids, and just the fact that we can expand uh, the ministry to so many kids and touch so many more lives, um, it's just, it, it blesses my heart. <clears throat> okay, so volunteers was kind of one leg of it, and then we're going to finish here talking about parents. There was a question the other day about how do we engage with parents. Um, so what we want to do here uh, is focus on fostering connections to partner in the mission, okay? And parents' mission is a little different than a ministry mission for them. Uh, but here's some, here's some items, some considerations. We're going to look at some considerations for fostering these connections um, with parents. Okay, so hit number one, schedule. So you guys ready for some S words? Nothing bad. Uh, so number one is schedule. And that's just the time. Let's consider the time that we have, right? We've got kids. Uh, we've got the kids in our ministry for maybe a couple hours, but the most maybe five hours, you know, a week. We don't have a ton of time with them. We can try to make some more time through special things with the older kids. We're not going to probably schedule a hangout with a three-year-old throughout the week unless maybe we know that family and we can go and, and spend some time with them. But the point is parents have a lot more time with their kids and that's, that's a good thing. Like if, if they're not in school, maybe it's a summer homeschool, whatever, you know, that parent's going to have a hundred hours of active awake engagement time with that kid compared to our three, you know, it's just, it, it's a, a huge difference. There's so much more influence. So the parents are going to be a great, well, they are the best tool to train up a child. That's why God gives them that mandate. Okay, so we want to partner with them. If we care about the kids, we're going to care about the parents too, because they are um, the most influential. So the second thing, the source. Parents are the source of life for their kids. And they not only like literally, um, they birth them, but they rely on them daily uh, for food, for clothing, for shelter, um, for love, for nurturing, and for training. That's what parents are supposed to be doing. Um, for their children, right? They're going to learn what's right and what's wrong, mostly from mom and dad, mostly from what's happening at home. Or if left with no information, they're going to learn from the, the TV or their friends, you know, but it's, it's the parent's job to be doing that. And regardless, um, a kid's going to look at what mom and dad are doing and follow that example, assuming that's the right way to do it. You know, if, if dad's a criminal, I'm going to think, well, that's fine. I guess that's okay to do that kind of thing, you know, and he'd probably tell me as much too. Uh, that the police are my enemy and I should run away from them. So kids are going to see that by watching and by listening to their parents. <clears throat> okay, the third thing, state, the state of parents or the individual parents and kids' lives, right? So like us, all parents are imperfect humans, right? They have a sin nature. Uh, they're not going to do everything right. And they're all going to be at different places with their walk in the Lord. Some people you know, aren't saved. Some people are just figuring things out. Other people are very mature in their faith and are going to have a, a understanding of how to biblically train their kids with obedience, you know, nurturing. They're going to have these things sorted out and planned for, but not everyone's like that. Or there's some place on that, that spectrum with their sophistication, how they're going to apply that at home. Um, some people might not be equipped, like they've got good intentions, but they just don't have the equipping to know how to deal with these biblical issues, right? Or they're not comfortable with implementing those, those concepts. Uh, so 
review real quick. This, you know, we, we know this verse pretty well. This is, you know, a parent's mission, right? To train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. So this training up, right? What does that really mean? To train up a child, right? So we want that child to go the right way. It's in there. The way he should go. So identifying that way and helping them find that way in which they should live, choosing the right thing over the wrong thing, you know, choosing to follow the Lord in their life. And that's kind of the real simple version of it. But the right way is following God. You know, we don't need to reinvent a lot of things. Just look to the Lord, look to his word. That's the way to go. So next thing is a standard, right? So in working with parents um, as a children's ministry, we also have to consider the standard because we aren't an individual home. Like, you know, parents get to kind of set the rules in their own house. Very good. This isn't their house. You know, the church isn't their house. The church isn't their rules. The church, we, the children's ministry runs by the standard of the word of God, right? So we all can agree on that. We have an authority and that's the word of God. Uh, so we're going to hold the biblical standards, right? We're not public schools. We're not entertainment venues where you can drop your kid off and it's going to be, you know, ball pits and slides and, and clowns doing dances. Although I have dressed up like a clown. Uh, different story. So the biblical training is necessary for our environment to function well, right? We want to bring that element to it and we need to hold to that standard. Uh, we can't accomplish our mission, right, in discipling these kids um, and teaching them the word of God and giving responses and, and um, helping them in their walk if it's a completely chaotic environment. So we've got to have some standard that's probably going to be different than most homes. Um, and because of that, there's going to be some conflict in our rules versus the rules they may be used to at home. Okay. And the thing we're going to look at is it's yes that's going to happen um, know that going in um, be ready to talk about that and then how we talk about that really is the point right having love having grace when we have those conversations there's going to be hard conversations and there could be a very special situation for it too that you know the child may have some developmental struggles that we need to help them with so we come at it not in a your kid really screwed up and, and messed up everything and bit someone else today or whatever happen. It's like, hey, I, I noticed that, you know, Billy is struggling with this area. How do you guys, you know, have you seen this? How do you deal with it? How can we help you? This is kind of what we need to happen in the classroom. How can we do this together? Right. Um, and not boom, boom, boom. This is a punishment, but an invitation to work together. So that's going to bring up our next category here um, and how we foster these connections. One's to considering those items, and then now we're into our communications, okay? Big thing to remember um, right here, Proverbs 3, 12, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son, in whom he delighteth. And, um, you know, this is talking about fathers and sons, so really there's a strong family application here. Um, we look at this from how did um, the Lord, you know, the Lord did it from a place of love, right? How did he do this correction? So if there's a correcting that needs to happen in a kid's life, we want to definitely come at it from a place of love. And it's no different than how we communicate with parents. It needs to be from a place of love, not um, despising, right? And so um, from a parent's perspective, um, you know, I want to know 
how my kid did in the class. I want to know if there was a concern, if they said something that was rude or mean or selfish. I want to know those things because I want to correct that so that doesn't happen again, right? Because my kids need to be a blessing to other people, right? Um, so when we have those conversations, I realize that parents do need to know that. Um, otherwise, we're denying them the ability to address it, right? If we just, oh, it's fine, everything was fine today, and it really wasn't fine, we're hindering them from parenting to the best of their ability. Or if they're still a young and growing parent that, you know, in the Lord, they don't not even know that this is something they need to be correcting. Um, and we want to balance that, obviously, with good reports. Let's say the good things that happened that day. Here's a little something that he's worked on, but here's some good things. You know, we don't just want to come at it with negative, negative, negative. Um, um, like we've, we've talked about when is a good time to have those conversations. Well, we don't get a ton of natural exposure. There's drop-off time and pick-up time at the doorway, but usually it's kind of a busy time when everyone's in line. And you might, at that time, if you, if you don't have um, enough space to have a good conversation that's going to result in the full story getting explained, you might say, hey, can I talk to you later? Can you come by after this? Or can I give you a call later? Maybe you just forget, and, and, but afterwards you do want to make that call. Um, and if you're uncomfortable making that call, you know, pass it up to someone who can, your classroom leader, a ministry leader, say, hey, there's a thing that we need to talk to this parent about, but I'm scared to do it. So can, can you please take care of that for me? It might be a learning opportunity for you as well. Um, but having those, those, those conversations is key, right? We want to partner together. And that's the key word is partnering with our parents. We've got our next verse, Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love, May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So everything needs to be seasoned with that love. Are we coming at it from a place of love? Just like, are we coming at ministry from a place of loving the kids? Are we coming at these conversations from a place of loving the parents, the families? Um, practically, there's ways to communicate with parents, too, besides like that one little touch point at the door. Um, we've talked about like different apps. There's the WhatsApp. There's. Um, I know there's some groups that use that very effectively. Again, from the parent standpoint, I see information and updates from classrooms that keep me in the loop about what's happening. Hey, we're getting together for a Bible study at this place in time. You know, invite your friends. We're having this Nerf battle, whatever the case may be. Um, Class Dojo is another one. And I'm sure there's several out there. There's just a few examples. Um, our classes do like a newsletter every year. When new kids come in, they'll send it, they'll get put a little newsletter out that has a little bio of every teacher and helper in the room. So the parents know, hey, here's the people that are teaching my kids. And it's in got phone numbers or emails or invitation to connect on that thing to know them better. Um, other ways we can engage with parents uh, is through things that get sent home with the kids, right? They can um, have memory verses, um, they can have take homes that are things to follow up on throughout the week that the parents get to engage with them. Um, I try every week after uh, we're, you know, going home from church, say, Hey, so, you know, Hey, Sinead or Ainsley or whoever it is, you know, what, what did you learn today? And have them kind of regurgitate that thing. I want to hear how class went, you know, what was the silly things or the fun things, but what was the lesson and what did you take away from it? Um, and that's another way of spying on my, my workers too. see what they really did. Um, so there's take-home things, there's homework, um, study challenges. We've had, you know, um, a series of, um, the middle school one time did a series through Romans in which they were memorizing several verses, and that was something that we were able to help with because we knew that that was what they were working on. They communicated with 
with the parents and saying, hey, every week we're going to have a new verse. We're working through all these verses in Romans. So at the end of eight weeks, we're going to have all of them down. Outreach is great, too. And I, I use that word, like, again, kind of outside our four walls. What are the things that we're doing um, in different people's homes? You know, pool party, um, what be it? So parents will come and drop off and hang out at those things. Great time to engage with the parents and share with them. Uh, what's happening in your ministry, in your life, you know, to to, to build some, some friendships and fellowships um, with those parents and with those families. Um, ultimately, um, I think we got one more. There we go. So this is the kind of relationship that we want to have with parents, okay? First uh, Corinthians 3, 6 through 7. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that waters, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So in this scenario, there's Paul, there's Apollos, you know, and they're both working and doing different things in the lives of these believers. But ultimately, the credit goes back to God and all these things. So yes, we want to work with parents. Uh, parents, I hopefully want to work with us too. Uh, but ultimately, we want God to get the glory and the blessing from what's happening in the lives of the kids. Um, and if we can work towards that end and see that God glorified, then the mission is accomplished. Um, so uh, with that, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, so I did want to open up if people had, you know, thought about any questions or wanted some comments. Maybe you could share from, um, you know, from your church, from your ministry experience, some things that um, are helpful to you to um, invest in your workers or connect with parents that would be good for other people to hear. Any questions about anything that we covered or anything about those last several days you've been thinking about? Yes, Ashton. Um, I'm in a crawler's class, so we don't really teach in our class, but um, we have opportunities with parents and drop offs and pickups. And with crawlers, they're just like realizing that mom is leaving, maybe she's not coming back, you know, then there's this whole spiel about they're crying the whole time, whatever. Okay. When we, the parent comes back to pick up their child, the last thing they want to hear is that your child cried the whole time. You know, we don't need to be that blunt and that honest. We want to have grace whenever we're having that interaction with them. Like, hey, I guess I prepare the parent. Like, your kid is probably going to have a hard time initially, but be like trustful that these people have a heart to handle what is happening. We have a heart to be with your kid in their distress. We're going to comfort them. We're going to love on them and give them time frames. Like, is there a certain time that if they cry, you want us to call you? Give them boundaries that they're comfortable with because not every parent is comfortable just dropping off their child and coming back two hours later. That's an unrealistic expectation to have. So giving them the comforts of like, hey, in 20 minutes, if they're still crying, do you want to come back and then check on them? Or do you want us to send you a text message? That's totally fine. And what we've also found that's super helpful is with new parents, we have cards in the classroom that have my contact information on them. They have like, welcome to our crawlers class. We're so excited to have you because it's kind of uncomfortable. We have a lot of parents that maybe are um, stay-at-home moms that have never dropped their child off anywhere before besides grandparents. And so it's a very uncomfortable feeling to have your child being watched by someone that you don't know. And so it's encouraging to have that like face-to-face -face interaction with um, a worker that has just a heart to 
like watch their children for a couple hours. We want to encourage them, like we want you to be completely present in your service while your kid is getting loved with us. And so that's been super sweet to like just be faithful in that. Like if I had questions, like I had a mom that really struggled dropping her kid off, she would stay for a long time. And so I went to Mandy and I was like, hey, I'm having this issue. What do I do? And she gave me some really good advice. And so sometimes not always like depending on myself, but depending on like leadership that I've been given for advice is great. And it was super sweet because now her son is very active in our class and he does really well, but she needed some encouragement like that it's going to be okay if he cries when you drop him off. It's going to be okay when you come to pick him up and he seems a little upset that he was loving the time. So cool that she's like back in service now and she's getting filled up with the word and we're filling up her children. So having that relationship with the parents is so important, just even at the little itty bitty teeny tiny baby stage, because parents sometimes just need a little extra comfort um, and wrap it up there. Yeah, so great example of that partnering in action. And I should have brought you the microphone so no one probably heard that. But um, kind of just summarizing it, um, you know, helping parents, um, setting expectations, um, assuring them that we do love and care for their child um, and allowing them to be part of the ministry that they need to be part of. Um, We do, we're here, you know, somewhat as a service as well, especially with the younger uh, little ones, the babies and crawlers and toddlers, a lot of it's just allowing mom and dad to be in service where they can get fed. So it's a little more heavy on the ministry to parents more so than, you know, this, the spiritual part for the kids. I'm going to bring this to you. And then in our kid town meeting, like it's really important to talk with our leaders about how to handle different conflict situations. Like we had someone that was dropped off with something they shouldn't have been. And we had just talked to like, God was so good to talk about what it looks like when kids are sick and where to go and how to have the confidence to be like, I don't think this is okay. I need to go talk to someone that knows what they're maybe knows a little bit more than I do. And so like having conversations with our teachers about how to handle this, because it's not just me in the class all the time. It's, I have to have trust in my teachers that they also can handle different conversations and conflicts that arise because it's not always sunshine and rainbows in your class. All right. Thank you. Anyone else have some things they want to share with the group? Yes. So I have a question about like, um, is there a lot of situations when you have kids are coming to Kid Town, but the parents is not a part of the church, parents are not saved. Um, yeah. Uh, and how would you communicate with them? Yeah. So, yeah, um, you guys heard the question, I think the rest of the class. Um, yeah, parents, um, which is great. Yeah, we have visitors um, all the time and we don't know if they're saved. We assume that some are, some aren't. Um, and so, I mean, that doesn't change what we're teaching their children. So really, again, our focus is going to be how can we instruct the children that we're given? That's that's the um, the field that we have. Our mission field is the kids. Um, and, and largely, I think that um, parents that are bringing their kids to a church know that they're going to get 
taught what that church believes. So it shouldn't be a surprise that they're getting taught, you know, that, you know, who Jesus was, that he died for their sins, that they have a choice to make, especially at the, the older ages, you know, when it's a, a two or three-year-old, they're going to, it's going to be ABC, Jesus loves me. Let's, you know, pass the ball to one another and color pictures. But, um, you know, as the uh, the kids are able to understand more, we're, we're not holding back anything. And so really, um, if the parents are, you know, end up getting offended by something, obviously, um, we want to talk to them and with grace and love and you know, invite them to be, um, you know, part of um, resolving whatever that thing is. Um, it's not a fight or a debate time. And typically, um, we, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity to pass things up the chain if they become uncomfortable. Um, if you are not um, as experienced with dealing with, you know, those con um, confrontations or conflicts, you know, bring in someone else who is. Um, or say, hey, you know, I've kind of, this is what I know or what I can do. I'd love to have you talk to our classroom leader or our ministry leader, and, and they can certainly address those concerns that you have. And then if you're in that position of, you know, a leader and you feel like that's kind of outside your realm of expertise as well, I mean, don't be afraid to um, involve uh, a pastor or someone that, that can minister to those adults um, better. So it's it's, I guess, more of a a community response to that versus necessarily just one person. I don't know that I've ever had an issue that needed to get worked up the ladder that high. Typically it's that step one or step two where, you know, um, if that children's ministry leader can help um, resolve that concern, uh, does that mean that it's, it's coming from a place of love that parent has concern for their kid because they're worried about something that they've been exposed to? Um, so we want to help alleviate that. And, and it's also an opportunity to share with them, you know, what we believe the Bible says and show them that. Um, and, it, and it typically all does come back to how God loves us and how he shows us that love. And it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but sometimes it's um, some hard choices that need to be made in lines that God draws that we need to follow and obey. Other questions or things to add? Tegan. When it comes to just being a little bit younger and having the opportunity to go um, and like I have the, the time to go invest in parents outside of church, something that I've been able to do while growing up in the high school ministries because I knew the counselors and they have kids and I would have some of their kids in my kid town classes was like Hey, is there a time, like just sometime this month that you guys are available? I can come over for lunch or for dinner and I can just spend an afternoon with them as a family and their kids, not necessarily with the intent of like, um, I need to, um, you know, for them, it was, it was my leadership. So it wasn't something like, oh, I need like your advice on something. Can we have a serious conversation? It was, oh no, I'm just going to spend time with you and your family and see how your family functions. And so far I haven't, they haven't ever felt like that's something that's pressuring. Like it's not worrying to have me there. They're like very glad that I was able to come. And then their kids are like, it's noted that I'm there and I want to spend time with them. Like Josie and Ivy and Georgia all know like who I am. They know I want to spend time with them and with their parents and their family. And I remember being in Kid Town and noting 
the teachers that I saw like at my house that came in. Maybe it wasn't necessarily to specifically invest in me, but they came and just wanted to spend time with our parents. And I just was able to note that as a kid. And Tegan was also very skilled at um, introducing herself to all the adults that came in our house, inviting them into her life. Um, so, yeah, I think our time is kind of dwindled out here, um, but good discussions, uh, good, good questions and comments, um, definitely engaging uh, with uh, other people, uh, whether they be workers, uh, volunteers, or um, parents, and how we equip um, our church bodies for uh, the mission in, in children's ministry um, is kind of the, the, the closing thought here. So thanks everybody for uh, hanging out with us and I'm going to go ahead and pray and we can move on with our, our days. Um, Heavenly Father, man, we do you know, give you all the praise and, and the glory for the things that we, uh, we learn uh, through your word and through how you um, show us um, the reality of that through um, working and children's ministry. Um, I pray that um, we would be able to um, grow and increase uh, the effectiveness of um, how we love and how we uh, connect uh, with the, the people that are um, in and uh, adjacent to our, our ministries. Thank you for parents that want to partner. Um, thank you for uh, volunteers that want to, to grow and to make full proof of the ministry you've put on their heart. Um, and we, we do pray that um, this, would, um, this would take root and continue to grow in, in all of our lives, uh, that you may be glorified in the end. In Christ's name, amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.